Let's open our Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. And I want to talk tonight about not loving this world. Amen? Not loving this world. We have to get to a place where we love God and love Jesus, but we don't love this world. How many know the devil wants us to love the world? But God wants us to not love the world. Amen? And so I want to give you some real nuggets tonight. I'm going to talk about somebody in the Bible you know, I think last uh, Wednesday I preached about finishing strong. And uh, I want to tell you, talk about someone tonight who didn't finish strong. How many don't want to finish that way? Amen. How many want to finish strong tonight? But I want to give you an example. We can learn from somebody else on how to finish strong and to not love the world. Let's start off in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. And it says, do not love the world. Or the things in the world. Okay, that's pretty clear. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's pretty clear. Amen. This is some pretty clear verses. You can't love the world and love God. For all that is in the world. You might say, what's the world? Well, here's your answer. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And look at these next words that are so prophetic today more than ever before. And the world is what? Passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. Father, we ask you to anoint the next few minutes. Anoint our minds and our hearts and our spirits to hear your word. And God, let us leave tonight changed and transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. We come against every spirit of darkness, every spirit of wickedness, every spirit that raises itself up against the knowledge of the living God tonight. And we ask, Lord, for change and growth and revelation from your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? And the world is passing away. There's never been a time ever in the history of the world that we're seeing that more evident than now. I almost showed a video tonight and it really, it really was powerful, but it was so raw that I couldn't do it. There was a couple areas. How many hate it when you find something really good and then you can't share it because of a couple things? And they were things that were, uh, they were offensive, but they were only offensive because the world was doing it and they were showing it. But it was about a 15-minute video, and as I was watching it, I was stirred because how many know that we see things that go on, but until we see something that someone's put together, it's like, it's like the judgment play. We know there's going to be a judgment, but when we saw the judgment play, it put things in perspective for us. So it was using the thing that's going to happen and, and putting it visual for us and making us go, wow, this is really, really bad. And I saw this video... And uh, if anybody wants to see it, I don't mind sharing it. I just, I just didn't feel comfortable playing it in the church because of just a couple things that happened. Like I said, it wasn't the video itself. But it was some things that just absolutely blew me away. And I, see, I saw things in the video that uh, it's one of those things I knew happens, but it was like to another level. And uh, I'll, like I said, anybody let me know and I'll share it with you. It's not anything that's going to hurt you. It's just something I can't play in church, okay? And uh, I just want to say that because 
we've been having these end times forums and we had a great one last night I mean I don't know how many we have we had at least 35 people here last night in the end times forum and we're talking about these things if you haven't been able to come uh, I, I know I said for August, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it at least next Tuesday as well. Okay, we're going to continue it at least next Tuesday. And, and we're going to have DVDs. Amen. Paul brought his video camera last night and he filmed it. He asked if he could put it up on YouTube and I don't want to be on YouTube. Amen. I just don't want to be on TV. So I said, I don't mind if someone sees me after I'm gone, but I don't want to be seen while I'm alive. Amen. I've had that opportunity many times, and it's just nothing, something I've never been comfortable with. So he's putting them on DVDs, and our whole idea, church, is that we know we're living in crazy times, and in this forum, we're talking about how we can leave something for this world. How many want to leave? You know, Dad said at the offering tonight, he wants to leave something, uh, he wants to put something up in heaven and not leave anything for the world, but we want to leave something they can use to get saved in the tribulation amen and uh, i want you to know tonight that this is very important this is very key what i'm gonna tell you tonight because i feel in my spirit that how many know when you're just about to get a victory and you're just about to finish a race or you're just about to really get a breakthrough on something there's an extra heavy battle that comes against you right before you're about to finish okay Right before you're about to get a breakthrough, something just heavy comes at you. So I, I've been preaching these messages because I don't want us to get lethargic, and I don't want us to get lazy, and I don't want us to get uh, uh, sleepy, like the Bible talks about. I want us to stay alert. I want us to stay alive. That's why I talked about finishing strong. And tonight I want you to, I want you to know that the Bible says he does not want us to love this world. Okay? And so we need to begin to realize that I was talking to my brother-in-law today. We were doing a little Bible study uh, using this Daniel 12 uh, technology on, on the phone where we just sitting there. Look, it wasn't Skype, but it was something else. And we're sitting there looking at each other 3,000 miles away. It just blows me away how technology is. And we're sitting there doing a Bible study, and I'm sharing some things with him. And, and he said that, that uh, he realizes that, that this thing, things are getting are getting different than he's than he's even seen before, and he's a new believer, been saved for just a couple of years, and so I was sharing things with him, and I want you to know that that we have to have an understanding that the devil's going to fight, and he he said to me today, he says, I realize that I'm I by the Bible I'm just a passing through this world, that's a revelation the Lord's showing. He's I'm just passing through this world. God never intended that we would fall in love with this world. Okay? He never intended that. And that's, do you think that he's wasting his, his breath here when he says, don't love the world? If he says, don't love the world, that tells me that we can fall in love with the world. And I would venture to say that there might be some people in here tonight that love the world. You might say, I love Jesus, I love God, but I don't know if you love God more than you love the world. I hope nobody in here is in that place. But how many know that can happen? And how many know that God doesn't want 80% of us tonight? He doesn't even want 90% of us. He's not even happy with 97%. He wants 100% of our lives. He doesn't want us to love this world at all. Amen? So let's just go down uh, forward a couple chapters to 1 John 5. We're still in 1 John chapter 5. And let's read a few verses here. In verse 5, say amen when you're there. Then this is the message, verse 5. 
which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is what? God is what? Shout it out. Just a few chapters. Am I reading the wrong one? Okay. Let me see. I hate when that happens. Hold on a second. It might be. Give me a second. Oh, I, I, I just said the other day, I hate when that happens to me. Hold on a second. I think I got the answer. We might have a problem, NASA. I said 1 John 5, right? All right. Somebody look at somebody next to you and say, help pastor tonight, please. That way you won't stare at me. Oh, Lord. How do I have this written down wrong? Well, okay, listen. Here's what we're going to have to do. I'm going to have to read what I have written down, and you're going to have to trust me it's in the Bible, okay? I have the wrong verse written down, but this is what it says, okay? This, then, it'll come back around, is the message, because the verse is right. I just put the wrong number. And this is on a computer, so sometimes I need to make sure I type right. This is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him it, no darkness is at all. How many believe there's no darkness in God? It says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, God, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So it's chapter, oh, chapter one. All right, thank you. All right. Okay, here's what's crazy. That's what my notes say now that I look at it again. First John 1, 5 to 10. All right, y'all there? Okay, let's read verse 6 again. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we do what? Lie and do not the truth. I've been telling you this and beating this dead horse for a long time. Don't try to make me believe you're a good Christian. Don't try to make your friends believe you're a good Christian. Don't try to make your family believe you're a good Christian. Let God know that you're a good Christian. Amen? Don't let your words fool yourself. Eat, walk in the truth. Walk in the light. Amen? Because you can lie all you want, but you can't fool God. So we can't say, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm a believer. And not walk in light. If we're walking in darkness, we are not walking in the light. You can't be in both. So seven. Here's the clause from God. He says, but if, if, that's a, you see that word there? That means a conditional clause, okay? The definition of if is a conditional clause. It says, if we walk in the light, not say we walk, but walk, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Robert mentioned at the offering or at the prayer time that we have a unity. Whenever we have a unity in the church, guess why there's more unity than other times? Because we're walking in the light. When the church in general individually is walking in the light, the church in general corporately is walking in the light. Whenever there's darkness in the, in the church or in someone's life, it doesn't always necessarily affect the corporate totally, but it makes problems and it causes division and, and, and it causes uh, almost a sickness in the body. And so whenever we feel like we have a unity, it's because individually we are all walking in the light. Amen? How many are following me? 
So he says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, let's go back and look at that again. And if we take out the if, and we don't understand that there's an if, and he says, if we walk in the light, then we have uh, the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing us from our sin, then what happens if we're not walking in the light? There's no forgiveness of our sins. Y'all see that? This is a clause. He says, if you're walking in the light, then the blood of Jesus cleanses you. But if you are not walking in the light, then you cannot be cleansed by the blood. We, we know from many verses, just one for example, we know that I cannot be forgiven if I don't forgive. I'm going to make a bold statement. And again, I hope never that this ever happens here and none of us would be here. There's going to be some people who miss God because they won't forgive people. You can't, you can't do it. It's not a question. God never said, if you don't feel like it or you don't have the capacity, uh, don't forgive. He says, if you don't forgive, you cannot be forgiven. Period, exclamation point. Amen? So we have to understand that as long as I am walking in the light, and it doesn't say perfect, it says walking in the light, then we say, verse, go on with me, verse 8, because if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is what? Not in us. But here's the key. Here's the if again. This is the third if in three verses. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And here we go the if again. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Okay? So we all have fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. None of us can go, th go without, through life without sinning. But we say, God, I don't want to walk in sin. There's a difference between sinning and walking in sin. Okay? There's a difference between sinning and abiding in sin. There's a difference between sinning and, and habitually sinning, okay? We, we, we use an example that's, that's very general many times, but because it's something that's a little more knowable, because at home we don't know what any of us do or don't do, okay? That's why it's individual. That's why we can't base our walk off of other people's. We have to walk out, the Bible says, our own salvation with what? Fear and trembling, our own salvation. Someone asked me last night after the forum. They, they asked me something about music. I said, look, I can only tell you what my personal conviction is on music. But you have to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. And if you're asking me about music and you're asking me if it's wrong, then it might be just by the fact that you're worried about it. See? That's, that's something that individually, how many know that a lot of times the Holy Spirit can be dealing with, with us on something and what we want to do is go find somebody that will tell us that it's okay. Right? That's what we want to do. And I'm not saying that that person had that intent at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just giving an example. If our heart's not pure and right, then we would say, hey, let me go ask somebody and hopefully they'll say it's okay. Because you will find someone to say it's okay. But it goes back again to what is the Holy Spirit telling you? 
What's the Holy Spirit dealing with you on? What might be a sin for you in your walk might not be a sin for me in my walk. Not because it's not sin, but because it's something that holds me up. It might not be something that's labeled sin, but it might be something out of obedience. God is saying, don't do that. And you can't go around telling people on, on those individual personal convictions, hey, you shouldn't do that, you should do that, because that's yours. That's God speaking to you. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So that would be the things that, for example, uh, it doesn't say in the Bible, thou shalt not smoke. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, thou shalt not smoke. There's no verse about smoking, Okay. So there are things that generalize that we don't have an answer. But what I'm going with this is there are general sins, for example, and we have seen, thank God, in our church over the seven years, God do a miracle many times in this. And, and, and so this is general again, where somebody, a couple, are living together, okay, and they're not married. And when you're living together and you're not married, it's called fornication, as Kevin James would say from King of Queens. Okay? fornication right don't get quiet on me fornication any way you twist it any way you write it any way you label it if you're not married and you're living together and you're having relations you're in fornication okay and if you're living in that fornication habitually you are going to miss the rapture if you are living in fornication when Jesus comes back you're not going if you are living habitually in fornication when you die you're not going to heaven I didn't write the book he said they will not inherit the kingdom of God so I'm saying that in a general way where he, what he's saying here is don't walk continually daily every day in a sin that you know is wrong that's why the Bible's always saying repent confess your sins but I can't go and say Lord I confess that I'm a fornicator but if I know that tomorrow night I'm going to be a fornicator again you can't do that that don't work you have to you have to say forgive me with an attitude that says God I'm really sorry and I do not plan on doing this again okay so that's walking in the light I'm trying to give you a definition of it Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Now I'm going to get to where I really want to get to tonight. Philippians chapter 2. Aren't you glad you're in church? Aren't you glad you're listening to the Bible tonight? And not some crazy talk show or some crazy show. Amen. Aren't you glad you're here? Philippians chapter 2. Verse 15. Here's the interesting thing. God says we cannot be we cannot be without sin. He says, if we say we do not sin, we deceive ourselves. Okay. But he does say we can be blameless. Think about that. He says, if you say you don't sin, you're a liar. So I can't say I'm not a sinner. But then in Philippians 2.15, he says, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault. Listen to that without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation how many know that's the generation we live in a crooked and perverse generation Sunday morning I preached on Noah and I, re and I preached on the three traits that we are living in today that Noah had corruption 
wickedness and violence. And we, I believe, have overpassed wickedness, corruption, and violence of Noah's time. Because now, we don't only do it, we make it legal. And not only do we make it legal, we celebrate it. And not only do we celebrate it, listen, on this video I saw, I, I almost had to go like, I could not believe some of the things, I, the mockeries that I saw in this video of the LGBT when that thing happened. I'm telling you, if you haven't seen it, it will make you cringe. The stuff that these guys did, the mockery that they did. They, they, just to give you an idea, they had crucifixions. They had people uh, kissing and hugging, acting like Jesus on the cross. I mean, it was a mockery. Unbelievable. Makes my hair stand up talking about it. We are living in a crooked and perverse generation. And God says, I want you to be different. I don't want you to be like everybody else. And we know that the Bible says that also those kind of people we're talking about are who we used to be so don't forget that don't become so holy as thou that you forget where you came from that's what keeps you humble when you realize i can fall at any moment if i don't keep my eyes on jesus and that's what i want to really show you tonight don't get so haughty in your faith stay humble Stay in love with God and realize that, listen, write this down in your notes because I'm getting to the meat right here. You can have a costly affair. Write that down. A costly affair. Now, I'm not even talking about an affair with another woman or another man. I'm talking about an affair with the world. Y'all with me? A spiritual affair. Spiritual adultery. I want to show you tonight in the Bible a, a story so that we will say, God, let that not be me. I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You're not too far away there where we were. I mean, still here. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 4. These are the kind of messages that keep you diligent, keep you awake, and keep you ready. Amen? Because we don't know what tomorrow brings. In any way, shape, or form. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. Say amen when you get there. For Demas has forsaken me. Y'all there? For Demas has forsaken me now I'm going to put a hole tonight listen carefully I'm going to put a hole a big hole in the false doctrine of eternal security I'm going to put a hole in it not a pinhole, a big hole okay because we are secure in our eternal we are secure in our salvation as long as we walk in the light if you are listen if you are walking in the light you can walk in peace i don't know about you tonight but i have more peace right now than i've ever had in my life as we get closer to the return of christ closer to what is coming 
biblically, prophetically, and everything else. That it, Church, if you haven't woken up yet to what's, what's on the horizon, wake up. Okay, I don't know how much more we can talk about it. And if you don't want to listen to me, get on the, on the computer tonight. And just start looking at what the world's talking about. And you'll get on board. Okay, so I'm going to say, say amen so I can move on. Okay, I can, but now I can have more peace now than I've ever had before. Why? Not because I'm walking in the light. I'm walking in with hand in hand with God. And listen, if you aren't walking hand in hand with God, and if you aren't taking this walk seriously, you should be scared. You should be scared. But if you're walking in the light, there's no fear. Because the Bible says God's love casts out fear. Amen? So read this again with me. For Demas has forsaken me. Forsaken is a pretty easy word to understand, right? And why did he forsake him? What was the problem with Demas that caused him to forsake Paul? What's the next word say? Having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. That verse right there tells us that Demas has loved this world and has forsaken the gospel. Okay? Now, this was the final mention of Demas. I went to the end of the book to go back. Demas is mentioned here as forsaking the world and loving the world. Sorry, forsaking the gospel and loving the world. How many see that clearly in what we just read? Okay, he has forsaken the gospel and he, but he, and has loved the world. Now, quickly go to Colossians 4, verse 14. I don't hear the pages moving. Maybe I can't hear up here. Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. These are short verses, but look at them. Paul's talking. He's mentioning names. He's mentioning people who are walking with the Lord in these final greetings. He's talking about beloved, faithful brothers, fellow servants in the Lord. He's talking about another brother who's faithful Lord in verse 9, verse 10, verse 11, verse 12. And then in verse 14, he says, Luke, the beloved physician and Demas greets you. Luke, the physician and Demas greet you meaning they're right here with me by my side how many know if he wasn't with them and he wasn't walking in the light he wouldn't have said Demas greet you so we see here in Colossians that Demas is walking in the light he's walking in the gospel he's doing what's right and then go to Philemon verse 24 that's just one that's just one chapter go to your to the right in your Bible it's a small chapter. Philemon. Right after Titus. Right before Hebrews. If you can find Hebrews, it's right before it. Just one page in some Bibles. You there? Verse 24. He's again giving greetings from people. And he says in verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do, watch this, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, 
my what? My what? Fellow laborers. Demas is walking in Philemon and walking in Colossians with Paul. He says, he greets you. Then we fast forward. Listen, this is what you got to understand. Colossians and Philemon were written in 60 to 61 AD. Okay, 60 to 61 AD. Then in 67 AD, Timothy's written. Y'all follow that? The year 60 after, the, after AD, right in the beginning after Jesus went to heaven, in the book of Philemon and Colossians were written. Okay, and then in 67, Timothy's written, and in 67, meaning down the road, Paul says, Demas has forsaken me because he loved this world. And we do not see a mention of Demas again coming back into being a fellow laborer. Okay? So we have to understand, we don't want to be the people. And this is what's kind of funny. We think sometimes, oh, don't, don't be so mean, man. God put people on blast. Demas is forever in the Bible as someone who forsook the gospel. Oh, don't mention names. Listen, I don't. I'm pretty nice. Don't mention names. Paul's like, Demas has forsaken me. Anybody who's been in this church long enough knows I can start mentioning names right now. I can start mentioning names who have forsaken us. And I'm talking about people who labored with us. Who were up here on this pulpit, singing, preaching, working with us, and then stabbed us in the back. There's nothing new under the sun. Happens here, happens in any church in the world. Why? Because people love this world more than they love Jesus. Now, what I want to get you to close tonight is that was an affair, a spiritual affair. Demas, at one point, loved God. At one point, labored with God, labored with Paul, labored in the gospel. And it simply says this. We don't know exactly what the reason was, and, it, and, it, and they didn't mention it on purpose. We don't know what his fall was, what it was in the world that he loved. It just simply says, he loved this world. Jesus is coming back for a church that does not love this world how can I know I can be ready Lord how can I know that I can I can have my oil in my lamp don't love this world don't walk in darkness walk in the light when you make a mistake and when you make a sin confess it and deal with it right then don't allow one sin to build on top of another sin, to, be on, to build on top of another sin. Listen, there's been so many reputations that have been ruined, and there's been so many, listen, so many people who have fallen in their faith. I, I said this Sunday morning, I'll say it again tonight. I know there is a generation of people outside of these walls tonight that hate God because of bad examples. Bad examples of the gospel bad examples people who who 
witness to them and said, hey, I'm saved. I'm a new creation. I'm, I'm, I'm going to church. Come to church with me. And they start, I can't tell you, I could tell you a book tonight of the people I've seen come into this church and bring someone into this church and the person they brought into the church stays and the person that brought them in leaves. And whoever's been here long enough know what I'm talking about. I'm talking, it's crazy. They come in to visit to support the person who's making the change and then all of a sudden they're going out the back door and the person who came in didn't even want to be here all of a sudden becomes a column in the church. It's crazy. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And so they see this example. People are watching examples. Now I'm closing with this tonight. I want you to understand, this is what I really want you to get to and I, I thank God for what Robert said at the offering. Because I was, actually, I was actually fighting back and forth praying between two messages. And when he mentioned souls and we mentioned that that's, that's what we got to be about, that was a good confirmation for preaching this message over the other one tonight. Amen? So it always works together. But I want you to listen carefully to this. I want, I want you to take the next couple minutes very personal, although they've already been personal. I want you to take it even more personal. I want you to realize how important you are to the gospel. To the gospel. I wish sometimes I could get you to understand how real and powerful and amazing that day is going to be when we go up yonder. I wish I could just get you to grasp it. I wish I could just get you to understand it. Well, maybe I, oh, I do. Okay, I hope you do. I just sometimes wonder if we really believe that there's going to be a day that we're not going to regret the things we did for Jesus. We're not going to regret the sacrifices we made. That we're not going to regret the things we gave up. When we see people in heaven, not in hell, because we stayed the course, because we lived a godly life, because we preached it and lived it and walked it and didn't just talk it. I just wish I could just give you a glimpse. And I promise you, we'd all sober up and we'd get serious about souls. We'd get serious about making sure somebody's in heaven because of me. And nobody's in hell because of me. Amen? And nobody's in hell because of me. Because what we don't understand is when we love the world, it does not just affect us. It affects others. Amen? Loving the world, this, I'm going to make a statement, loving the world carries the highest price one can pay for anything. Loving the world carries the highest price one can pay for anything. Because to be without God and without hope you cannot put money on. Don't you believe tonight that if there was a man or a woman in this world that had all the resources financially in the world, they could be the Rothschilds, they could be the Trumps, they could be the whatever, Bill Gates, they could be the Oprahs. Let me tell you something, those people, when they are standing in hell, if they don't know Jesus, would have given every dime of their fortune to get out of that place. And they will not be able to. 
We have to understand this is eternity we're talking about. This ain't just a few church services. This isn't just some, some social, socializing and some fellowshipping together. This is eternity. And when I make a mistake to be a friend, listen to this, with the world, I become, y'all still here? When I make myself a friend of the world, I become, let me just say, I'm, I'm going to build this up because you really need to get this if you haven't gotten anything yet. This is personal. When you become a friend of the world, you become, I'll say it one more time. Go with me to the book of James real quick. I'm going to show you what you become. If this doesn't put the fear of the Lord in you, and I don't mean a fear, I mean a reverent fear. No one will ever tell me, listen, you can tell me all day long you want. I don't, I'm not a good preacher. You can tell me all day long anything you want about me, but you'll never convince me that telling someone about hell doesn't save their lives because if it wasn't for a message on hell, I'd be there right now. That's where I'd be. It was a message on hell that got me saved. So you can't tell me that. I know that's where I'd be. How do I know that? Because God told me the night I got saved. If you don't go to the altar tonight, Blake, that's where you're going. How many like to hear that from God? That's what I heard. I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't hear, Blake. I didn't hear an audible voice. I heard a voice in my spirit. If you don't change tonight, he didn't say next week. He didn't say tomorrow. He didn't say when you want. He said, if you don't change tonight, I'm just crazy enough to believe that God is a God of his word. And that if I wouldn't have done what he said that night, I'd be in hell. Period. Period. Let me show you what happens when we become a friend. Now listen, none of us, I hope, are there. How many know this is a, a message that says, hey, don't do this? Especially, listen, especially if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, why would you quit and give up and make a mistake right before the end? Why would you do that? Oh, you can't do that. I just showed you you can. Demas forsook the gospel because he loved the world. An affair can happen overnight. Y'all listening to me? An affair can happen overnight. Now, an affair might not lead up to becoming an affair overnight but it happens overnight and, and, and things begin to lead up and you might be in a place right now as we're coming to the end of the race whether it's a month, a year 10 years, whatever it is we're coming up to the end of a race and you've done all this running and all of a sudden you're going to let something trip you up? That'd be foolish let's finish because when we have an affair, James 4, 4 says, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? An enemy of God. I love the Bible because I can say it with this power and I didn't write it. I love it. I love the fact that I didn't write this book, but I'm able to preach it. I'm able to tell myself, Blake, don't love this world, because if you love the world, 
You are a friend. If you're a friend with the world, you are an enemy of God. And the Bible tells me it's a scary thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Amen? So this is what I want to close with this thought. And he said, let, me, let me finish reading the verse. Let's read it again. Adulteresses, adulterers and adulteresses, do, not, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Listen, whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself a what? Enemy of God. Now, I want you to realize, and this, you know, when, when people ask me, when I'm witnessing to people and I'm talking about the Lord, I, I always, let me give you a nugget, I always get the talk back to them personally you would talk to people and they'll be like oh you don't know what's happened to me and oh you should see the people that I've seen and, and they'll, they'll just talk about everybody else I get back to them and say what are you going to say to God when you stand before him why don't you think about that why don't you not worry about what so and so did to you why don't you not worry about the bad example you had at home why don't you think about what you're going to say to God when you're standing before him Desi came to me last night. She was witnessing to someone at school on a text. She, and, I, and it was exciting. She came and said, hey, Dad, help me. Because this person was responding back with questions. And I said, you answer first, and then I'll help you. But the one, guy, one, one thing the person said was, I have a bunch of friends that have committed suicide. I don't believe in God because I've I got a bunch of friends who committed suicide. Get that person back to realize, what are you going to do when you stand before God, your friends that committed suicide aren't going to be there. No one's going to be with you. The gospel's personal. And you know what God's saying here? He says, look, watch this. This is what I love about God. As hard as it is, I love it at the same time. Because he gives us a choice. Aren't you glad God gave us a choice? I'm glad he gave me a choice. I'm glad I'm not a robot. He says, whoever wants to be a friend of the world. He says, you want to be a friend of the world? Go ahead. Go ahead, be a friend. But you can't be a friend of the world and be a friend of mine. You have to choose sides. And it's kind of funny that we don't like to put God in that category when we as people are that way. We make people choose sides. Always. Pick a side. Don't we? Human being, human nature, choose a side. Pick. Him or me. You or him. Pick. Oh, God can't do that? God, God can't do that? Yeah, he can. He says, whoever wants to be a friend of the world can, but you become an enemy of me. I don't want to be an enemy of God. So Demas, when he hurt himself, here's the crazy thing. Not only did Demas hurt himself by forsaking the gospel, he did great damage to the cause of Christ. And I can tell you this. I'm going to ask the musicians to come as long as you promise not to shut me off. I can tell you this, that when I was not walking with God, before I got saved, I understood enough of respect to God that there was just some things I wouldn't do. Does that make sense? It doesn't make it right. 
I was still going to hell. But I had a respect for God that I wasn't going to make somebody else fall. I basically realized I'm choosing this for me by myself. And I knew that there was just some things I just could not do because it would affect somebody else's walk. I, I had that fear. It's really weird. I really did. I had that fear. I was stupid enough to not worry about myself, but smart enough to not hurt anybody else because I didn't want to hurt the cause of Christ. And you know what? At least I'd have gone to hell by myself. But when you make a choice to hurt yourself, you hurt the cause of Christ. And listen, listen carefully. Just as there are rewards in heaven for doing right, there are levels in hell for doing wrong. So we're not, none of us are going there, amen, in Jesus' name. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk about that. I'm just trying to get you to understand that the, if, if I, I wish I could preach, I wish I could bring all the people back in that wouldn't come in because of pride, that have left and are out there wandering in the desert. I wish I could bring them back in and remind them, look, you leaving God doesn't just affect you. You are affecting the cause of Christ. By abandoning it, listen, he de- pay attention, don't lose me. He deprived the gospel of a devoted worker that he was because it says he was a laborer. So he deprived the gospel of a laborer, listen, and robbed it of all the good he would have accomplished if he would have remained faithful. Think about that. How many people did not go to heaven because Demas was supposed to reach him. That's when you really, I don't know about you, but that's when I really start getting serious about my walk when I start realizing that this isn't just about me going to heaven and having a ticket. It's about that I'm supposed to touch somebody's life before I get there. Somebody needs me. Somebody needs you. You can reach someone in a way that I can't. I can reach someone in a way that you can't. Your spouse can reach someone in a way that you can't, and on and so forth, and it goes on. We can only wonder how many lives Demas would have touched if he had stayed loyal to the Lord. Demas, listen, robbed the world of the flavor of righteousness imparted unto him by godly living. You are salt, the Bible says. How many know if something doesn't have enough salt, it doesn't taste good? So if God's trying to build his kingdom and you are departing from the faith or not walking in the light, it doesn't taste right because your saltiness of your life is not doing its purpose. He says, what purpose does salt have if it doesn't have the taste of salt? Listen, he snuffed out another desperately needed light in a sin-darkened world. That's what Satan did. I want to leave you with this thought. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Listen to this thought. Every Demas who leaves the truth, watch this, every Demas who leaves the truth makes it a little more difficult for a Cornelius to learn the truth and some Timothy to be taught in it. 
There's a chain in the gospel. There's a chain of command. God has somebody that reached you. God has somebody that you're supposed to reach. If you think about that, we, we cannot get, we cannot forget the power that we have to share our faith with somebody. We cannot forget that. And sometimes I, 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 like I said, I wish I could just show you, I wish I could show you a movie of the judgment seat of Christ and just say, look, man, look how awesome this is going to be. Work. Not for your salvation, but for your reward. Work. Share your faith. Tell people about Jesus. And definitely don't depart from it. Don't forsake it. Stay the course. One of these days, y'all going to give me a high five. And you're going to say thank you for pushing you and motivating you to do something for God. And you're not going to regret it. You're not going to regret it. Amen. You're going to be thankful when you hear the words, enter in, good and faithful servant.